Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Alright folks, welcome back to Bold Sports for this week's edition of all sports Pittsburgh and some fantasy and some NFL thrown in. How are you doing this week, Matt? I'm doing pretty good, Steve. It's a beautiful day. The Steelers won. The Steelers did win by the skin of their teeth, and we'll get into that a little later on. Uh, first thing is, though, under our bold prediction totals for week one, Matt, you and I tied, both going 10 and 5. That's really exciting. Ties are definitely what our listenership are tuning in for every week. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Oh, by the way, it's Wednesday, so after we're done recording this, that's going to come out tomorrow. We need to go up to Sam's and collect on that. We're collecting. Collecting. Don't tell everybody. This. I think we might have to drop that later. No worries. Uh, let's see. You're going to so, have to carry me up the steps next week when we record. <laughs> no worries. We'll take care of that when the time comes so as a quick recap let's see matt lost on the texans the skins the giants the saints and the colts i lost on new england the cards the texans as well the saints uh, and the skins so i mean we had some we both had some loss in there because we picked the the teams to win but they lost a couple of us have a couple different ones but that's all right so quickly matt fantasy football how'd you do i did really bad steve i um Scored so few points that I didn't even really care to look at the details until just now. And um, I've played so many people that, you know, I shouldn't have. And I'm just going to chalk it up to poor coaching and just not really knowing the personnel. Well, the only one you can blame is yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to move on. We're going to move on from that. Uh, for myself this week, I did win my fantasy game. Uh, thank you, Drew Brees, for... Um, uh, making that happen, I had him playing on the Monday night game as my last guy to score me points, and he brought me over the top. Big bombshell this week in fantasy football, though. David Johnson is out for the year. I'm done. Uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, he's he's out. For the, they said, you know, three to four months. That's pretty much the season right there. So if you pick David Johnson as your first-round draft pick, sorry, not sorry. In the meantime, we're going to move on to guess what got, got released yesterday. It was the Major League Baseball's 2018 schedule. They're starting early this year, March 29th, and they're going to end September 30th. Um, also, the Pirates, I took a quick brief look. They're starting in Detroit for three games, and they're going to be there for four days, and they come back and play Minnesota Twins for their home opener. And, um, yeah. So we're starting out with two AL teams. It's baseball, baby. Yeah, What's not to love? It, the Rust Belt getting together, playing some April baseball, non-existent rivalries. Yeah, not, yeah. I, I love how they have us play Detroit every year, saying that they're our natural rivalry. Whatever it's close. Happened, it's close. Whatever it's happened, drivable. It's driving four hours. What happened to Cleveland? If we're going to have an AL rivalry, why not the Indians? Or is I, it because the Indians are such a better small market team than we are? Honestly, I don't know. Maybe their rival, because their rival is is Cincinnati. That's probably the reason. Because the interstate rivalry. There we go. Interstate you know, it's the rivalry. Ohio battle. You know, you and I don't really fully understand it because we're not from there. But I, I understand that they do have a rivalry in Ohio. Apparently, they do. Uh, also, big change to the schedule this week. So the All Star break. They would always have uh, what three days? They'd have they they play. And then they have the home run derby the next day, the all-star game. Then they would be off to travel back to their respective cities. 
Um, this year, they're actually uh, the All Star Game is in Washington D.C. at the uh, Nationals Ballpark down there in Southeast D.C. They're actually going to hold a game in the uh, ballpark that the All Star Game was played in from not the Nationals. It's going to be the Cards and the Cubs. Uh, so they're going to have a one day uh, game there. Uh, I guess it's so everybody in D.C. can see a team that they already see throughout the year because the Nats play those two teams. Uh, but honestly, this is what upsets me is the best day for sports doesn't even involve having a live game is the day after the All-Star game because that's the only day of the year there is no major sports being played, and that's when they hold the ESPY Awards. The ESPYs are great, Steve. The, I take that night off every year. The ESPYs, and it's not because I work in sports media and therefore there's nothing to do that day. <laughs> I just take it off so I can stay home and watch the ESPYs. The ESPYs are awesome. I'm Peyton Manning this year uh, hosting it. He's he was, the best. He's funny. He I don't should know. produce Saturday Night Live. Screw hosting it. Right? See you, Michaels. You're out. Yeah, I don't I don't know if a lot of his jokes were written for him or um, if he came up with a lot of those his own. But he's either way... He's a comedy machine. He his, just bangs him out. His delivery is awesome. Even on the on the Comedy Central roast, he's funny as can be. Saturday Night Live, he's awesome. Um so enough about that. We're going to move into um, some local. Uh, right now we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And since this last podcast, the Pirates had six losses last week. Did they? They did. They, I uh, lost count. Yeah, they dropped uh, three in a row, the Cardinals. They lost the last game against the Cubs. And then they, uh, you know, lost, some, uh, they lost two games against the Cubs. And they lost to the Brewers last night. But they did hang seven on the Brewers the night before. They did hang seven on the Brewers the night before, but then they got seven hung on them last night. It's bad, man. Like they're they're trying to sell it like the spoilers, and it's it's fun to spoil things for teams that you don't like. And I mean, that's the only thing we have going for us right now. Who can they spoil anything for? Well, if the Brewers lose, that hurts their chances. It does. It hurts their chances in what the wild card. In the wild card, sure. Because I don't think the Brewers can win a division at this point. I no, I don't. I don't think they can. I think they're. The Cubs are letting them hang around, though. I'm pretty sure the Cubs are letting them hang around. And hey. it's, I don't know. Pirates baseball is pretty boring right now. You know, they're they're working in some young guys. Like, what, what are you going to talk about? Luplo? You know, I guess he's hitting okay. We're, we're taking some risks on some guys because we got nothing to lose. I honestly haven't had a chance to sit down and watch a whole game this last week with uh, work and everything else. You've got to watch more baseball than I have because you do that for work. I do it, and I went to a game recently, too, and it, you know... Have, have they been starting Diaz the whole time at catcher? The game I went to was still Stewart, it was and, stu- then, well, and then he that, pinch hit and caught for, like, two or three innings. Well, because Cole was starting, right? So right. he wanted Stewart behind yeah. the plate. and that was the case last night as well, so, um, you know, Diaz, you know, once again didn't start. And then, did I see Polanco went out with an injury either last night or the night before? It was the night before. It was the night before. Yeah. Polanco went out with an injury, tightness in his, you know, whatever. His janky leg. Yeah. Polanco's got a janky leg. Polanco has a janky and that's, leg. And that's like the best October baseball slogan we have for the Pirates, unfortunately. Well, we're going to move on and talk about Nicasio. We love this guy, right? So the Pirates... I, I, I wish we still had him. Just right. Because it means we wouldn't have gotten beat. So so the Pirates go ahead and, and if, you, if you've been following, the Pirates went ahead and put Juan Nicasio on waivers to save $800,000. Uh, the Phillies picked him up. I don't even think he pitched for the Phillies. They turn around and trade him to the Cardinals. What's he do when he gets to St. Louis? The first team he faces is the Pirates. 
and he just shoves it up their ass. He comes in and just lights them up, lights out. Um, kind of like saying, hey, why'd you get rid of me? Watch this. Like, hold my beer. You know? I I don't know. I'm sure part of it's just adrenaline because you get you get amped up against your former team and like maybe you throw better. I mean, I don't I don't see how Nicasio would actually want to like stick it to the Pirates. Like, I mean, maybe if the ownership was up there taking swings, you know, maybe I'd throw a little inside on nutting right now because that was just a bad deal. It was a total bad deal and and just a bit inside, you know. Uh, we got Kutch. Now, here's here's the question. Trade him in the offseason. Keep him next year and trade him at the trade deadline to a team that could use him. Or not trade him at all and let him walk away at the end of next year. What would you do if you were Pirates' ownership right now? If I were the ownership of the Pirates? I would have signed him to a $100 million deal, but that's just me. I mean, you don't have anything else like that marketable. And that's, it's not going to be enough for, for Pittsburgh to just have one guy who's like the main guy for the Pirates if they aren't 500 every year. Correct. So they got, they need pieces. They need help. I mean, you got to consider trading them. But if you already can't pull the trigger, like you had these trade things going around with McCutcheon last summer, like I'm, it's hard for me to put any faith in the organization to be able to come away with something actually worthwhile. Um, I feel like their talent evaluation is just, you know, lacking. I mean, I'm I'm afraid that if you trade cuts for prospects, that they don't amount to anything. You gotta you gotta trade for established guys. But the problem is, is the Pirates aren't an established team. So a couple years ago, when we were in the playoffs and going into the wild card game, and we made that, uh, you know, divisional series, you know, in 2013. That's whenever we like we talked about last week is you, you need they need to go all in at that point and and make the moves and bring guys in that they did not uh, trading Kutch right now like you said trading for prospects what if those prospects don't pan out you got to get an established guy you got to get uh, a, a high end pitcher uh, that would help but also you have guys on the team that are expendable right now too Garrett Cole. He's a, he's very expendable, and he's still on a rookie deal. The Pirates are paying him nothing, so they actually will probably keep him around to the end. Um, Might as well. Jay Hay, they signed Jay Hay, what was that, $28 million over five years, a couple years ago. They signed him after he had that breakout season as being a um, utility guy, and then they signed him, to, and then he's, in the, he, he's on a daily rotation, whether it's second or short for the most part, but he can play anywhere. Um, he's expendable right now. Sure is. Everybody should, should be looking at that. Right now, I mean, they got a lot of they got a lot invested in their outfield, but everything else, I think they're going to keep Bell. You know, question marks across the infield. Okay, you got to look at the guys they got that are studs right now that are young and they're on their rookie deals. They're not paying them a lot. Bell, Cole, uh, I think they just signed Polanco a year ago and gave him a little bit of a larger deal. Starling Marte is still on a on a small deal. Now Marte got paid, man. Marte did get paid. Marte got paid. Yeah, he got paid, and then he went ahead and got suspended for half a year. Well, you know, he was just trying to earn his deal. <laughs> I mean, I don't. That's what I don't get. Like everybody, like when the first steroid lists came out of all of all the people who were, you know, getting like the first time slapped for performance enhancing drugs, and there were like no pirates on the list. 
because no pirates ever cared enough to try to win because it goes from the top down. I'm not saying you should do steroids, but I mean, at least Marte was trying. There you go. Gotta give him that. So, around the Twitter sphere, I've been seeing this going around, and it's under the hashtag. There's a few different hashtags around, but the one I saw that caught my eyes was hashtag boycott the Bucks. Now, we all know that that's never going to happen. <laughs> that you're not going to, that, that nobody's never going to show up for, no, for it, a ball game. It, this is why, because they give away like X amount of comp tickets. Oh, bobbleheads. And everybody, and everybody t-shirts. goes. T-shirts. Everybody, and you always get like enough people. You'll get like 6,000 people who just care about the promotion or just want to hang out with their kid for like a few hours. Fireworks nights. And fireworks and bobbleheads. Concerts. And food and it's baseball. And there's always going to be, or like, you know, like the Dodgers are in town and Kershaw's pitching and like, you know, you're, you've got like an insane baseball dad who wants to make you sit and like watch the pitching. And that's cool. That's what the Pirates are here for and I'm glad that we have that in this town. But if you get like 8,000 people in that stadium and then you get everybody saying like, oh, nobody supports the Pirates because nobody goes, you know? And it's like, what, what do you want? I mean, you can't make everybody like baseball that much, you know? Pittsburgh likes winners. We have a limited amount of resources. There's a lot of stuff to do. You know, hockey season goes for like nine months of the year around here. <laughs> that and it, it overlaps does. with a six-month football season. That, that it does. And the hockey and football teams are both winning. So, like, I know I don't have a lot of patience for a team that's not trying to win. I went to one pirate game this year on a gift card, and I kind of felt like an idiot because I bet I probably could have got cheaper tickets paying cash from a scalper. And I'm pretty sure there were even, like, desperate non-scalper people just walking around trying to get rid of extra tickets because, like, Uncle Bob didn't want to go to see the crappy pirates. Well, what's funny is, is everybody gets Ghost Gaga over opening day, and they go ahead, and, and opening day is an awesome event. It's a great time. It's middle of the afternoon, during the week for the most part. Uh, and everybody goes ahead and pays that $100 for the, for the opening day ticket. You know what? My buddies and I have gone down over the years. And found them in a parking lot for 20 bucks. If not, hey, somebody didn't show up. Here's a ticket. Have fun with that. Uh, there's several different apps you can use. There's the one app I use. Um, every game, you can get a ticket for a dollar just to get into the ballpark. You don't even have to go to your seat. You can go hang out at the Rivertown Bar and lean on the rail in left field. That's what I want And drink do. beer and stand there and watch the ball game from left field. You can go the... It used to be the Budweiser Bowtie Bar. I don't know what the name it's of it the is now. It's the Skull Bar now. It's I the found Skull out. Bar? I just learned that last week, and I like you know, pretty much do every pirate game. I, I just never went to that bar anymore because my buddy doesn't work there anymore. Uh, no hookups for you. <laughs> uh, but no, sit, you can sit at that bar out there in right field and watch the game. I mean, you can stand out in center field and watch. You can stand inside the wall and watch the game. Yeah, that's a cool place. I, I like that. I did that for the first time the, the night I went. I sat in the uh, Clemente wall seats. Right. They were a lot of fun. What is that? <laughs> My producer over here, she's writing stuff down and I can't read it. <laughs> it's a new beer garden. Oh, the new beer garden. There's a new beer garden. There's a new beer... Uh, what? <laughs> See, okay. You're part of it, though. You're trying to squeeze, like, the last, like, $20 out of my Pirates budget for the year. I know. Because <laughs> there's only one homestand left, and now i got to go check out the beer garden. I know. Well, you know what? We'll go get tickets on game time for a dollar. We'll just walk in and go to the beer garden. Spend, like, 80 on the beer. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we'll take our hundred dollar, our last hundred dollar pirate budget. We'll get a ticket for a dollar and go and go spend it all on beer. 
That's thing. So on that note, folks, there is only one homestand left for your Buckos. If you want to see any baseball in Pittsburgh the rest of the season, go check them out at PNC Park. Or better off, don't. Yeah, start a bunch of mess about nothing on podcasts with people talking about boycotts that are never actually going to work. I know, exactly. So in that aspect, folks, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. We're going to come back and talk about some Pitt Penn State. We'll get into a little bit of the Penguins, and we'll go on into the Steelers from there. Uh, hold right back. Here's a message from our friends at uh, Sorgatron Media. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. All right, folks, we're back from that little break. Um, on break, we were just talking about where that beer garden is. Why nobody knows about it? It's hidden. It's a hidden beer garden. It's a hidden beer garden, and apparently it's a really cool spot to um, go check out. So we might have to do that in this last home stance. Uh, anyway, though, we have um, this past weekend was the Pitt-Penn State game in uh, Happy Valley. Uh... My takeaway from that game is Pitt tried hard and Penn State didn't play to their potential or they're just not that good of a team. Uh, but then again, it is Penn State and I hate Penn State. So a little stat on this game was the first team to score in this uh, game has uh, won uh, the last 13 meetings. Now keeping in mind that they didn't play for, what, 17 years or something like that, 2001 to 2016. Something like that. Um, last year, Pitt won. It was a great time. It was a great time at Heinz Field. They'll be back at Heinz Field next September uh, for the Pitt-Penn State game. But my funny thing after this was head coach at Penn State, Franklin, uh, his comments post-game were to the effect of last year when Pitt beat us, that was their Super Bowl. This year we won, and it was just like playing Akron. Now... <laughs> James Franklin to me is just like a walking hot take. Well, like, I, I, I feel like I feel like he knows what he's doing, and he says these controversial things to get you know people riled up and talking about a program that was on its deathbed and stuck in the middle of Pennsylvania. You know, James Franklin has really brought Penn State back to national prominence, and like you, you might not like the guy, but he's selling something, and I think he's pretty slick to say things like that and to get people talking about a game. That, that just happened. Like, I heard more press about that quote than I did about the game because in the week leading up to the game, all anybody around here was concerned about was, oh, like, the pit players aren't talking. Well, and also, uh, Narduzzi, you know, kind of told the pit guys and, and left them and told the media, you're not getting to my guys. We're not we're not playing this game. And, and, the, and they, uh, they were saying how he took the high road on this of not running his mouth and so forth and the Penn State guys, you know, run their mouths and everything else like that. You know, it's college football. They're all 18, 19, 20 years old, some are 21 if they're redshirt freshmen. Uh, you know, maybe 22 at that point. Let them have fun. Let them run their mouths. Let them get it going. I mean, it's college football. I mean, this is and I'm not saying college football is pure by all means. High school football at some point isn't even pure. But Exactly. You know, but it's the last time they're going to play a game to play the game, to have fun, to be able to run their mouths, to be able to, to go after their in-state rival and go from there. Uh, once you get to the NFL, and you know what? How many guys on the, on this team, on the Pitt team, have a chance to go in the NFL? And how many guys on the Penn State team have a chance going to go in the NFL? Maybe 
three to four on Pitt, and I'll go a five to six on Penn State. A lot of them will try to be uh, undrafted free agent walk-ons. You know, the the stats on the guys coming out of college that go to the NFL is really, really low. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to graduate. They played a great college game, and they're going to go head off and go be uh, accountants and attorneys and whatever they studied in school and utilize their degree because they, they were great to play college football, but they didn't make it to the next level. Right, but at that at that same point, you know, this is the last time for them to be part of a team, part of an organization that's based around playing football games and winning football games. And if your organizational strategy involves not talking and not giving the other team fuel, then that's also part of it. True. And furthermore, I think that as a fan, I know I'm a lot more likely to talk smack on other teams when I got that little number next to my team's name in the rankings. And the lower the number, the better. Right. And Penn State, you know, what were they, three? Uh, four? They, they, they were four, and they just got bumped down to six, I think, or maybe five. I'd have to look it up real quick. Well, they weren't. Well, They're they in the top they ten. They higher than Pitt. They're in the top ten. Pitt's not even in the top 25. And I think Pitt realizes that, hey, like, you know, we're going into this as the underdog. If we talk a bunch of smack in the media all week and give them motivation, then you're going to end up with, like, Tom Brady jabbing his finger in that Steelers face that one time that the dude guaranteed that this... You remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, some... some a cornerback for the Steelers, I think that was which two, like is an indictment in its own right. That was like 2004 or something like that. And you say guaranteed, he guaranteed a win. Right. I, mean, I think it was just a regular season game, um, but it was at Foxborough and it was a night game and it was a big game because the Patriots own us. And I, you know, I'm not trying to get onto the Steelers segment early, but all I'm saying is, you know, I think sometimes it's wise to, you know, keep it in house, try to stay focused. And not get everybody riled up when you're going into a hostile environment because that just motivates the other people. I'm sorry. So with Franklin's comments, this does enhance the rivalry. I think. Um, sure it does. Especially with it coming back to Pittsburgh next September. What What'll kill the rivalry is if they stop having it. That yeah. And that's, well, that's what that's what I'm worried about. Like it's hard for me to get super excited about this third game at Heinz Field if if it's just going to be like the last one for you know, for another a twenty years. There it is. Now. Well, I would love to see it, but also with the new alignment of conferences and so forth, Pitt to come back with West Virginia, but that being a non-conference game. So you're going to have to play – so, so you're going to go ahead and have to play your warm-up game against Youngstown State or Dayton or somebody like that on, Dayton. Week, or, on week one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, so I said Youngstown State or Dayton, somebody like that. Um, Isn't Dayton like – one, are they one double A or they might be? Who do you, who knows? They, I feel like they just played Duquesne. I just threw a school out there. Just, <laughs> okay, I'm like, you know what's wild is that like back in the old days, Pitt used to play W and J. Yeah, and it did. used to be like a rivalry. For some reason, I don't know. Um, but when it was truly like a schoolboy pursuit and not this like big business with national recruiting. <laughs> like seriously, W and J was like a big deal. So. And then if they, they keep continuing to play with Penn State, and then they bring back West Virginia. Those are not easy games, no matter what uh, ranking either school has at that point in time. Those are not easy games. Um, and those are pretty brutal games, especially at WVU game. I mean, there's a reason they held at the end of the season is because everybody got beat up and they had four weeks to recover before whatever bowl game they went to, if they even made a bowl game that year yeah. for either team. Rivalry I mean, games early in the season always, like, freak me out. I know. You're that's, gonna... that's what always used to get me about Notre Dame-Michigan because they'd play it, like, the second week of the season 
And and then I mean that's the most breakneck like fandom in oh, it was back it, in those days when they were playing Michigan, Michigan State, right? Yeah, uh, Penn State, Penn State, uh, USC, USC, Stanford. Like Stanford, every week, yeah. it's like a big rivalry. Yeah, game. well, because Notre Dame picked their own schedule. Yeah, and they they still pick their own. Well, they don't pick their own schedule as much because they want to be affiliated because with they the ACC. Be affiliated because the stupid conference and the ACC should have added West Virginia when they were expanding. Exactly to keep the pit rivalry together. They should. But they say, oh, WVU doesn't have like the academics to, and it's like the one time that college football gives a crap. Yeah. about academics is when they're saying that like WVU ain't good enough for a conference that includes like NC State. I mean, uh, it's yeah. a big state school. It like is. I'm sure it's a fine institution, but like this is these are like basically flagship state schools. Yeah, so Notre Dame they wanted to remain independent in football, uh, but they wanted to be ACC everything else, basketball, baseball, and all that. It's impossible to schedule basketball as an independent. There's too many games. Exactly. You know? So so what the ACC said is you can join us, but you have to play five of your games have to be ACC schools. Yeah. So the other f- that's why they lost that rivalry with Michigan and so forth and whatnot. Uh, but uh, one of the highlights I picked out from the Pitt-Penn State game was Ben Venucci. Um, he graduated from Pine Ridge High School in 2015. He looked good on that... Um, he faked to the right, uh, right there about the five-yard line. He faked to the right uh, and then rolled out to the left and kind of walked right on into the end zone for the touchdown. I watched that kid play in high school because my son was playing for North Hills at the time and needed to play against him. Um, he was the quarterback at Pine Richland. I think in that high school game against North Hills, when my son was playing, he threw like 285 yards with three touchdowns in the air and two on his feet. So, I mean... Uh, Pine Richland's been a powerhouse recently, uh, but yeah, that that's good future uh, for for pit quarterback because we have Brown that transferred from USC. I think he's uh, a junior. Uh, so Danucci was a redshirt freshman, so he, he's got four years as of this year starting to play. So he'll have two years left as a starter, his junior and senior year. Well, that's good. So that's good for us. Uh, he did have that nice shovel pass for the two point conversion. Um, and Pittsburgh loves a local guy, so you gotta you know, love if, a local it gets, guy. if it gets people in the seats. Hey, you know what? You have all of Pine Township down there whenever that kid's starting. Oh, good. <laughs> it's not like it used to be. Pine Township used to be four people. Now, now like... you, do you have to take the local lane or the express lane through the hopefully, 279 construction to, to get from PR to the, to the high Well, hopefully field? by the time he's actually a starter, that construction is going to be all done. Because if it was my family, like we'd probably like just get off at East Street and like walk for like a half hour there to it save is. like 10 bucks on parking. So also starting this week, we have the Pens. Uh, they are starting uh, training camp on Friday That's at the Lemieux Sports Center in Cranberry. You know, it's really unbelievable that it's already hockey season. It, well, they do have the shortest off season. True. Um, when, okay. They a don't, short they, off season they, made shorter by the yeah. success of well, the past well, two years. Well, no, yeah. They have the shortest offseason because they went to the Stanley Cup Finals the last two years. If they would have not made the playoffs, they'd have an extra two and a half months. Uh, thank God they went to the Finals and they won us another cup. Um, speaking of that cup, the Penguins are the odds-on favorite uh, at 7-1 to one to win the cup again this year for the third year in a row. Uh, the next team behind them is... Um, Nine to one, and I can't remember exactly who that was. I had to pull the odds back up, but it was a Western Conference team. It was the Ducks. Yeah, I think it was the Ducks yeah. actually. Um, the good news is with Pens coming up, 
Chris Letang was cleared to practice and play. And rock uh, awesome hats. And rock awesome hats. I don't think he was ever not cleared to rock awesome hats. That is true. Like, he's not in full, like, helmet all the time mode yet. No. So, what's also good about this is, now that the uh, camp starts on Friday, for the last week and a half, all the players have been trickling back into the beloved city of Pittsburgh, and the Stanley Cup's been popping up a lot it more It has again. been. It was in Beachview the other day. It was in Beachview last week. David Morehouse, who I didn't even realize. I know. Was from Beachview. From the view, baby. Uh, and... Uh, so when the Pens win the Cup, he takes it back to the park on Crosby Avenue and sets it up, and everybody in the neighborhood gets to come down and hang out. Is you know his buddies that he grew up with that still live in Beachview that he yeah played you know street sports with and everything. Man, They're, I missed it. I missed it by like twenty minutes when I ordered Fiori's one time, uh, and, I, and I called ahead. And if I and if I had just said like like I'm gonna drive to Fiori's and order a pizza and play pinball while I wait. Like I would have probably caught the Stanley Cup. They were they were still like everybody in there was still like talking amongst themselves and beaming, and I was like, what you know? Like, what happened? The Stanley and Cup. Then, was and the woman in line ahead of me, she's like, when I called, there was all kinds of yelling, like what was going on? And it's like, yeah, you just missed the cup, right? So the pizza shop over in the neighborhood I grew up at, Luigi's in Bellevue, um, the Stanley Cup always makes my parents there every year too because there's somebody that lives in Bellevue that works for the Pens that gets his day of the cup and takes it to Luigi's. Um, well, not every year. It feels like it, but you mean every year. Every win. year that they win the cup. Which is synonymous with every year. As, as of the, the last two years. years. Correct. Um, so, yeah, the, the the cup makes its way into Luigi's in Bellevue whenever uh, the Pens win that. Uh, it also, again, it's been the Fiori's this year already. It went yeah. to Fiori's, like, mm-hmm. I think the night they won the cup. It's It's been the Fiori's. <laughs> it's been it's been filled with cold cheese from Beto's. Oh, yeah. It's It's been filled with hot dogs at a golf course with Phil Kessel in tow. That wasn't here in town, but still, that's pretty awesome. Correct. Uh, yesterday, the cup was uh, at the Penn's golf outing. Uh, I, I can't. Was it at Nevillewood or was it at Chartiers? One of the two. Uh, a friend of mine, I got to see uh, the day that David Morehouse had it in Beachview. He had a big party at his house, and a friend of mine works for a private catering company and whatnot. And her catering company was the one that did the party for that. So I got to see her pictures with the cup at David Morehouse's house. Um, you know, one of the best times last year when I got to go see the cup, uh, I hope they do it again this year. I don't see why they wouldn't. They had the cup and all the trophies, uh, at the city County building downtown on Grant street, uh, from, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon, the the afternoon before the home opener Mm. and everybody could come down and get in line and go get your picture with it. It was awesome. It was a great time. You get to touch the cup. You, you should to... do that too because the city county building is actually really cool. It is and really like, cool. While you're waiting in line to see the cup, you can look at all the other, like they got all these windows and plaques and like busts of like different people from history. Statues and yeah, everything. Man. That whole outdoor atrium is just, it, it's awesome. It's a great architectural um, piece that we have in the city. Uh, last year when I went down the line, I waited 20 minutes. Nice. 20 yeah, minutes, I went bad. down at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I went to it at the Carnegie Museum back in, like, 09, and it was, it was like, a longer wait than that. But, you know, they put you in this, like, fancy room with, like, all this, like, nice backdrop. And, yeah, feel like, you felt like you were in, like, a Victorian study with the Stanley Cup. It was, you know, it's like, I should be reading to it. <laughs> reading to the cup. I, why not, man? You get a day with it, whatever you're into. What would you do with it if you had it? Oh, man. If I had a complete day with the cup, 
Hmm. Definitely would, um, there would be some bacon and eggs being eaten out of the bowl. Really? Uh, I would start off with that. I would probably, uh, put it in a wagon and just, like, walk through the neighborhood with it. Um, I would take it to, uh, a couple local pubs, and I'm sure there would be draft beer poured into the cup to be drank out of it. Um, and then, uh... You know, I might take it to bed and sleep with it. Like, I, all curled up and snuggled with the cup. I, I couldn't sleep with it because I'd be afraid that it would, like, crush my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Matt can't sleep with the Stanley Cup because it would crush his phone. I think I'd take it. I'd, I'd want to, like, take it. I'd get one of those bike trailers and, like, bike around town with it. But then, like, you can't cover as much ground. So, like, I'd probably just ditch that idea and, like, fold my seat down in my car and, like, take it to, like, see as many people as I could see it with. But I think, like, also, like, lift driving with the Stanley Cup would be hilarious. Cause, like, that people, would be awesome. Like, like, why would you drive for Lyft if you played for the Penguins? Exactly. But, like, I mean. Well, have you seen <laughs> those celebrity Lyft drivers that they yeah, do? Exactly. With, 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 like, yeah. Where they did, like, David Ortiz yeah. and Beckham Jr. Yeah. And, uh, and then know. I'd freak people. I'd, like, sing karaoke with the cup and I would, like, do, like, duets with it and be, like look at it like in the party it's obviously not singing because it's a cup and people would be like zero stars like get get me out of this car because <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a good star rating undercover lift with the stanley cup <laughs> make that happen penguins yeah somebody should do that somebody one should of, do that one of you guys who's like licensed to drive because they're all saying oh god and they all have probably have foreign licenses i know well yeah diplomatic license maybe I don't know. They, I see yet. them all driving a lot. We should make one of the penguins an ambassador of some sort. <laughs> diplomatic Crosby has diplomatic immunity. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't use it. He wouldn't even like get his dry cleaning ahead of the line or whatever. Like, you know, he's a cool dude. He's, you know, <laughs> it's not like the penguins from the mid '90s that tore this town apart. Oh well, you know what? This, <laughs> In the early this town was right for the picking in those years. Man. Oh the man, the Steelers are no good. Speaking of tearing the town apart in the '90s, they because they uh, the the Pens brought Kevin Stevens back under player development. Yeah, uh, he, he's had his trials and tribulations. They've all been all over the news. Uh, I really hope that he's doing better in his own personal life. Uh, you know, he's got good friends to have. I mean, you know, when you're friends with Mario Lemieux and Brian Trottier and guys like that, hopefully they can steer you in the right direction. They brought him yeah. back in, and they'll keep him going. It's good to have those guys back around. It's sad to talk it left, Talk's but you know gone, what? It's he, good he, for him. Good for him. He got a head coaching position. Uh, he's in Arizona, though, so we'll see how that I bet out. he likes it there. He was there before. I don't yeah. know if he was a head coach or he was assistant. Did he play a little there? I, was he in the, I, I'm pretty sure he was out there. And I, I, know, mean, I, know I know he, he was likes out, to golf because he was out. He, golf, he, so. he was out. He was out there in a uh, in a coaching role. He didn't play out there, man. Um, but what do they have out there besides him now that Shane Doan's retired? I have no clue. It's mind boggling. That I there have was family. Still a guy in, in the league who played for the old Winnipeg Jets. You know, I, I have a I have family out in Arizona that go to a lot of Coyotes games. I'll have to ask them. Uh, but speaking of golf. The one day, um, so a uh, buddy of ours, a mutual friend, Mr. Hess, uh, him and I were going down to Hickory Heights and we're playing golf and we called down and said, hey, our, we're running late for our tee time. He's like, no worries, I got two guys I'm going to pair you up with, you'll go out with no problem. We walk in, check in, get it going, throw the cart and he says, yeah, he calls down to the ranger and says, hey, the two coming down for the foursome, he says, send them out in like five minutes, give them a couple minutes to you know warm up. 
Warm up. We're, we're driving, yeah, warm up. Us warm up and golf, right? We <laughs> just tee it up and hit it. Yeah, smoke a cigarette and drink a beer. That's how we warm up. But we're driving down. I look at, I look at, I look at uh, Hess and I go, this is going to be a long round. He goes, why? I said, look who they're pairing us up with. He goes, and, and Hess is squinting like, who, who's that? Huh. I was like, um, that's Rick Tockett and Mark Recchi. What? <laughs> He's like, who are they? I'm like, penguins. I was like, and they're really good golfers. I was like, I walked over, I was like, Mark, what are you playing at Hickory Heights for? I was like, you're a member at Field Club. And talking, I was like, what are you playing? He goes, he goes, that, ah. and that's when the training facility was at South Point. He says, yeah. we got done with training a little early. We figured we'd catch a, we figured we'd catch a quick 18 on the way home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was so good. That's so bad now for all those places out there, like the whole, like, 79 corridor, like, you know, the penguins, like, I, I used to run into them out at South Point. Oh, yeah. They, they used to go to the, uh, the Green Tree Olive Garden. During one of their cup years, that was like their like post workout meal, like unlimited breadsticks, man. <laughs> and it's like you know what? Because that's how hard they work out that they can eat all that bleached flour, man. It don't matter. You know, they just burn it right off. Jeez. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take a break right now, and we're gonna come back, and the rest of the show is gonna be all Steelers and our bold predictions for NFL Week Two. Uh, here's a quick message from our friends at Sorgatron Media. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Welcome back, folks, uh, to our final segment here uh, on Bold Sports. We're totally covering the Steelers, the past game here. Um, So what's your biggest take, Matt, of... This past Sunday, Steeler game against the Cleveland Browns. It was preseason game number five. <laughs> the one where the no, now hear me out. This this is not a good a good statement. I mean, you look at a week one game against the Browns, and you, you kind of expect it to be a walkover, except for it's the Steelers, and they consistently play down to poor competition. They do, and have over the years. And so it was really worrisome. When you kind of felt like everything was just going to work out the Steelers' way for three quarters of that game. And then, bam, all it takes is one drive, a two-point conversion, and the Browns are back in it. And the Steelers find themselves in a situation with the third and long. They're facing a chance where they might have to punt to the Browns, and the field position wouldn't have been great. They would have needed a really good kick to really like keep the Browns far from field goal range. Yes, they would have. Uh, and that's where the A.B.'s catch came in. Uh, on that third and long, where that was the play of the game for he, me. He went up what in between three guys and three brought guys that ball down. Brought it down. That's exactly why he's on the field. You know, you he know, didn't get the touchdowns. He didn't. He didn't get any touchdowns. But you know what? If you're if you had him in your fantasy game, you got 29 points from him with 182 yards and I think 10 receptions, something along those lines. It's a seven or eight or between seven and 10 receptions. He was 29 points on fantasy on uh, Sunday. No touchdowns. Uh, that helped me out in my fantasy game because I played against the guy who had him. Uh, now, Le'Veon Bell's slow start. What do you have? 26 yards from scrimmage? That's a good number for him because that's his uniform. Number, right. So. But that's a bad number being the fact that he's your featured back. And not only is he your main running back that runs the ball, but he goes out on uh, pass catches and everything else like that. I think his total yards was something like 45. He didn't have a lot going on. But here's the reason why. That they couldn't get the running game going. When you have 144 yards and penalties, yeah, 
You're, you're always you're always having a long field position. You're always you're always having to get 15, 20 yards for a first down. You know, it doesn't second, make much second sense 15, to hand the ball off. Second and 15, third and 22, um, you know, shit like that. A lot of stupid, stupid penalties. Like I said, it's week one. It's preseason game number five. This is the first time the units have played a full 60 minutes together. It is true because, I, you know what, a lot of the other teams I watched in the preseason – their guys would play the first half, the first quarter. That third preseason game is whenever you get everybody clicking uh, uh, for your main starters. The Steelers, Except you don't. You really don't. You don't. They the, say that, but it's the, the, the Steelers, uh, Ben took what, 15 snaps in preseason? Yeah, how do you possibly get You know, AB, I mean, they didn't even dress for the first two games. Right, and Bell didn't even show up. Bell didn't even, Bell wasn't even there, and we talked about that last week. This is Bell's version of, like, the, like, inter-squad practice at, like, Latrobe Stadium still. Right. You know, he didn't even do that. Now, here's the thing. 144 yards in penalties, not all of those were on offense, but there was a lot of personal fouls. A lot of the late hits, a lot of um, uh, helmet-to-helmet, or, or leading with the head, Shazier took two of those 15-yarders on defense. Now, also, I think the refs were getting a little ticky-tacky at times. Uh, some of those calls were you just look at them like, how the hell are you going to call that? Um, that one penalty where uh, uh, T.J. Watt came in at the end, uh, whenever Kaiser was already down, uh, he, he slid. Uh, he was touched by a stealer after the slide, and mm-hmm. Watt came in and... Yeah, he hit him a little. Yeah, late, it was, but it was pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious, but also at that point, you're already going full force to try to tackle a guy, and he slides a split second in front of you, and you hit him. It's kind of hard to pull back from that. Uh, I, I think, and honestly, like a late hit on a quarterback, you know, if it's a clean hit, you know, that's not as problematic for me as like you know, crown of the head, right. Exactly. You know, on a defenseless receiver. Well, they and then they called that penalty on that two-point conversion the Browns had on Wilcox coming across. He the guy crossed the line uh, for the touchdown, though the whistle or the for the two-point conversion, the, the whistle wasn't blown yet. Wilcox comes out and lights him up, and Wilcox lights. ends up knocking himself yeah. out. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you like, know, you, you got to penalize somebody, so you you have to penalize. You can't penalize the guy who got hit for like knocking the other guy out. But the point of like assessing these penalties is to get, you know, the concussion hitting out of the game. Correct. And it doesn't always seem to be working because guys still like to launch themselves at each other like, you know. It's like 1974. Well, like, I mean, Paul Amalu didn't play in 74, but that was a no, knock on him out of college. And the draft was like, you know, great player, you know, has had concussion issues because of the way he tackles. Right. And then, I mean, and Paul Amalu, honestly... I think he's still suited up, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't like the way that the Steelers kind of, how he had to retire. Yeah. It was like, if you don't retire, we're going to cut you, and we don't really want to cut you because you're, and, and and that's a whole. Why'd you have to bring that I'm up, I'm sorry. I want to know. It's Debbie You know, Downer. the weather's still decent enough that, like, you can go tailgate. Let's just look forward. Right, so, uh, biggest highlight from this game I saw was on the defense, uh, was T.J. Watt. He, uh, this week, got uh, elected Defensive Rookie of the Week. He had two sacks, seven tackles, and an interception. Uh, I believe the stat was 2010. Lamar Woodley was the last Steelers defensive player to have two sacks and an interception in the uh-huh. same game. Uh, this kid's going to be a stud. And I hope you know so. what? And here's the thing. 
How long has JJ been in the league? 67 years It now? already feels like my entire life. I know. All I ever hear about is JJ stinking lot. Right. But he's got a lot to live up to, and he's got all this time to outdo his brother. That's what he wants to do. He wants to outdo his brother. Just And it, it's competitive nature for the whole Watt family. I think they've all played in the NFL at some point. Um, but TJ's got the best potential coming out right now. Uh, well, I'm just a, glad we have a first-round pick who looks like he's not a bust because I'm getting a little tired of these guys, you know? Like, let's just hope he stays healthy. Definitely. You know, in, injuries can derail a career that has a lot of promise. And the best part is how when he picked that ball, he used to play tight end in college until he moved to defensive That's end. That's right. His, well, did he move to defensive end his junior year or senior year at Wisconsin? I think he only played one year on defense. Yeah, so it had to be his senior year. and so But he played tight end, so he's got hands. So that nice that was a nice pick. It looked like he was a tight end going up for the ball, and thankfully he didn't turn and run the wrong way. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I heard some people say, like, oh, well, it's not like he jumped a route to make that catch. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you're still twisting, you know, and we've had cornerbacks in this city who can't hold on to a ball. So let's let's give him credit for an interception, two sacks, and seven tackles in his first NFL game. It is. That's a great way to start. Uh, the next thing kind of made me laugh when I saw this stat come out, and... Um, Matt, we remember when the Browns were the Browns in the 80s. And, sure do. And even into the early 90s, uh, you know, John Elway tortured the Browns uh, in that drive uh, play. And the Browns should have actually won a Super Bowl or two in the 80s and probably at least one in the 90s. Um, that's, that's, I know. Too, that's too close to, like, like when you say, like, Browns won the Super Bowl in the 80s, if that were true, I'd be like, yeah, well, it was the 80s. Right. You know, a lot of stuff happened in the 80s where I wasn't fully, like, sentient. But saying like that in the 90s. So, so here's this stat. Big Ben Roethlisberger is the wingest quarterback of all time in Cleveland since Cleveland's reinstatement to the NFL in 1999. He's 22-2 overall against the Browns as a starting quarterback, and 11-2 and in Cleveland. Um, so that means the, the Browns have had 20, they've had, we know they've had 27 quarterbacks start for the Browns since 1999. And they only win like four games every year. Right. So Ben Roethlisberger, who plays for the Steelers, is the wingest quarterback in the Browns stadium. He always has played well in Ohio. He always has played well in Ohio. He's from Ohio. Um, you know, Sean Kaiser, the Browns quarterback, he's from uh, Toledo. He's from Ohio as well. Um, it just fathoms me that an opposing quarterback has more wins in your stadium that only plays there once a year, has more wins than any of your quarterbacks that you've had in the last, you know, what, 19 years? That just proves how important the quarterback is in the game of football. I mean, if you have a good one, you stick with them, and you're consistent every year. If you don't have one, you get teams falling all over themselves trying to overdraft and overpay to get these rookies who don't pan out. Like, it's very, very rare to find a good quarterback. Look at Brady. You know, he wasn't drafted round to draft be the pick. future of the Patriots. He was, he was a six-round draft to be, pick. You know, a reliable backup to Bledsoe. And boy, was he reliable. <laughs> yes, damn him. Fuck I don't even care him. anymore, man. I'm so I'm so over after that last Super Bowl. Like I'm tired of saying like 
trying to like brace myself for like the hurt that you feel whenever Tom Brady does something good. Just deal with it, man. He's going to do good. He's a great quarterback. Embrace it. All right, so Ben Roethlisberger also last week, he moved into number nine uh, in the top ten uh, all-time total passing yards. Uh, he passed Fran Tarkington that was there in Minnesota for all those years with the Purple People Eaters and everything. Minnesota went to four Super Bowls and lost. Um, do you know who he's behind on that list? No clue. Guy from his draft class. Rivers? No. Manning? Yes. Really? Eli Manning is number eight. All time? All time right now. I think Rivers is actually in the top ten as well. I'd have to relook that up. Man, it is just a different game from back then. <laughs> I mean, it is. With the you know, there's much more passing, and it's much, it's a much more like points heavy league than it used to be. It is. Uh, Peyton Manning, of course, is number one. Brett Favre's number two. Um, Eli Manning is number eight. Roethlisberger's number nine. They should really just have like a separate like rankings for like seventies and eighties quarterbacks. Like anything post like Steve Young. Let's anything say. post Steve Young, who also ended his career on concussions. Oh. Um, so this week coming up, the Steelers have the Minnesota Vikings coming into Pittsburgh. Did you watch that Vikings Saints game on Monday night? I, you know what, I was at a place where they had it on, but I wasn't really paying very okay. close attention to it except to see for how my picks were doing. All right, let me tell you that Joe Hayden needs to be on top of Stephon Diggs. Dude, sick. I had him last year in fantasy. I didn't take him this year. Um, he had two touchdowns, ninety-three yards. Uh, you have uh, the other receiver. I uh, can't remember his name right now. White guy, go figure. White guy, receiver. That's weird. Um, he had 153 yards, no touchdowns mm-hmm. for Minnesota. Sam Bradford, he's looking good. He's he's looking good. Their running game, not so much. Uh, their running game is, is they, they were under 100 yards as a committee for running uh, in that game against the Saints. Now, Minnesota coming into Pittsburgh. We've got an offense to, be, to rival the Saints. Eight, it's supposed to be 80 degrees uh, on Sunday. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff at Heinz Field. Everybody likes to play in nice weather. Everybody loves to play in nice weather. I don't I don't see that being a factor as much as if it were cold and we had to go there. Well, they have a dome in Minnesota. Well. So it's always 70 degrees. did not have a dome for like a year? Uh, while they were in between stadiums, they played at the Gophers, Minnesota That's Golden Gophers Stadium for one, thing ever. One, one season, I think, they played in Gophers Stadium, maybe. It was after yeah, the dome collapsed. That. No, because they had that, it was on Madden Brett, one year. Brett it was, it was Favre. on my Madden game one year. That was that the last, Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Brett Favre was the quarterback. They called him back out of retirement mm-hmm. again the last week of the preseason. To go back to Minnesota. Favre, just so he could end his season on an interception. <laughs> and his career at that point. He did it three times. He did. He ended his career on an interception. He, and he did it three different times because he just unretired and came back. He couldn't get enough. You know what, though? But if you're ever in a local honky-tonk in Hattenburg, Mississippi, and you run into Brett Favre and having a beer and a shot, that's going to be fucking Amazing. Amazing. I, I kind of want to go. And then I could, like, tractor race him back to his house for a nightcap. Because I, 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 I like to picture Brett Favre just driving around on a riding motor in his retirement. <laughs> like, he shouldn't have to go at a high speed anymore. Like, the man put so much on the line for so many years. Oh, oh. he shaves. Everyone sh- Well, I mean, that was weird when he grew out his beard. When he grew out his beard, I got a little it, was worried. All, it was all white. You know? 
No, I, well, I, now I understand that it was like just product placement, you know? Right. He needed to grow something so he could impress you with how good he is at shaving and how good the, what is it, the micro-touch? Yeah, the micro-touch, micro-touch one it, shaver. They, they sell it at CVS. They yeah. sell it at CVS. I love shopping. The, the as-seen-on-TV section of any store is right. always Right, I'm so mad the as-seen-on-TV store is gone out of the mall now. I mean, that just makes me upset. <laughs> I, do you know much rain of junk I bought there? has gone out of the mall now. Oh, except Apple. They got a brand new store. Yeah. They're, Oh, they're there. They're keeping that mall alive. I am so ready. <laughs> I'm ready to So this week we got the Vikings coming into Pittsburgh. I, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing TJ Watt to have a solid game. Uh, I'd love to see him have two sacks on Sam Bradford. I'd love to see him have an interception. But we definitely need that secondary to step up. That secondary got torched a little bit. Uh, even Joe Hayden playing against his former team. There's a few times that he uh, misread routes or overran a route uh, while covering the receiver. Uh, you got uh, Antonio Brown. Need to get him in the end zone. And I'm going to say this because I'm not a playing him in fantasy this week. Um, but as a Steeler fan, need to get his ass in the end zone. A, I want to see what kind of fucking dance he does. Got to um, see that. B, we just need the points. Uh, and C, um, we need the points. I don't care who gets the points, man. Like, how about Jesse you know, James? Two touchdowns last week. He it was, was a situational passing play where, you know, it works to go to your tight end in that circumstance. It is. And I'm glad that we, we have him. Like, I'm not – I haven't given up on him. I feel like a lot of people were – I haven't given know, up on Jesse James. you got to have him as I – mean, Well, they brought, they brought in another tight end during yeah, they the brought camp. In, they brought in the kid from uh, San Francisco. I, I say, <laughs> you know, it doesn't hurt to have a couple options down there. I mean, the tight end's becoming a bigger part of the passing game. Definitely is. Uh, you know, look at Greg Olson down there in uh, Carolina. Olson, sure. Uh, Jason Witten. I didn't start Jason him. Jason Witten, how is I he didn't still start, I didn't start him this week in fantasy, and I should have because I started Jordan Reed from the Redskins. I didn't draft him because he's like 50. I mean, but he had, he, you know, he has 18 and a half points in fantasy. He had mm. touchdown and yards and the receptions. It's great. Um, Le'Veon Bell needs to get 100 yards at home. Le'Veon Bell needs to get 75 yards. Le'Veon Bell needs to show me something. I want to see 100 yards from I'd Le'Veon Bell. I'd love to Bell. see 100. I want to see 100 yards from Le'Veon Bell. 75 and a touchdown, too, though. 75 and a, I'll know? take 75 and a touchdown. A you couple catches. So, so these are the Steelers they're talking about. They need to put they, Their goal is 30 points a game. you got to hang 30 points. If you can put 30 points a game up, you should win. You should. But I feel like a lot of that is let's score 30 points to cover for our leaky defense these past few years. There's that, too. The leaky defense has given up some shit. And is that a league thing, or is that just your defense is leaky? I think that's the defense is leaky. Uh, you look at some other teams' defenses out there. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Now, here's the thing. Arizona Cardinals, second-best defense. They let up 30 points in the second half. Cost me on fantasy because I have them there. Um Speaking of defense, how about Chicolo coming off? That getting was cool. that, getting I don't that think touchdown. anybody I don't think anybody had him as the first touchdown of the season. No. A special teams touchdown? You know, block punt, Chicolo falls on it. Well, Matakavich blocks it. He blocks Chicolo it, Chicolo falls on falls it. On there it. will not be a more Yinzer touchdown scored all year. <laughs> oh man. That was great. When that happened, Amanda was actually in the shower at that point. And I'm screaming at the TV. She goes, what? She goes, did they screw up already? I'm like, no, they scored already. As like in the first <laughs> series on the special teams touchdown. I thought the route was on. Like that started off in the first minute of the game. I thought the route was on. And then they played Cleveland like they were Cleveland. Like, I mean, Shouldn't have been that close. Definitely should not have been that close at all. 
So we're going to move on now to where we get into this week's bold predictions. Uh, NFL uh, Week 2. 16 games to cover. Uh, of course, because there's no bye weeks until Week 4. Hey, who who did you pick in the game that got postponed? Uh, shit. I have it right here. Because um, I'm going to need that point in like week whatever when they make <laughs> that up. So we're, we're going with the original prediction. I have to re-listen to last week's because I, when I did this and marked this down, I think we both picked the Dolphins. I'll have to look. Okay, well, if, it's, if we both picked, we need to reevaluate based on new data that we're bringing in. All right. Now and then. So by now in week 11, we'll, we'll, we'll reevaluate that. All right. This week's bowl predictions. Thursday night game. Texans at the Bungles in Cincinnati. You know what? Deshaun Watson's starting. Deshaun Watson is starting. That's crazy that he bailed on Savage already, but um, uh, you know what? Watson might be your future. That, that's going to be a fun game to watch at least and see what happens. You know what? I'm going to go with Houston. You know what? I'm taking the Texans as well on that uh, just because I really hate Cincinnati. I don't have any faith in Cincinnati. I don't ha- I've never had faith in Cincinnati. You know what? Even if Cincinnati goes 11-5 and, uh, 11 and, five and goes to the playoffs, they're going to fucking lose in week one. It's the way it is. That happens. Um, Eagles and Chiefs, and that's in KC. And I'm going to go right now. I, I watched a little bit of that Birds game, and I watched definitely the Chiefs game uh, mon- uh, Thursday night against the Patriots. It depends on what Eagles team shows up. I'm definitely, though, going Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium on that. Yeah, I can't, I can't go Eagles on that. I'm going Chiefs. Viking Steelers here in Pittsburgh. You know, we're both... Well, why, why are we even debating this? We're both going... We're, go, we're both going Steelers. We're both going I Steelers. Mean, it makes sense to me. What's the spread on that? Uh, now you're going to ask me to look that you up. You said eight or nine, I think, earlier. I have no clue what it is. I'll, nah, I'll, it doesn't matter. The Steelers are going to be favorites because they always, they're always favorites at home. Well, being a home... You should get that home... Uh, that home... Uh, that hometown three. That home... Sure, that you, home always, get, you always get your three, but I think it's like... I think you said like eight or nine. Oh, Steelers let's see. Are gonna, oh, f- uh, five and a half. Five and a half. Steelers are five and a half point fave. See, but that's what scares me though, because if it's with, if it's within five points late in the game, that's see you never kind of game they lose. And if you're a betting guy, a I don't bet the hometown team. Just me. Too much drama. Too much drama. Everything. If you're gonna bet, you never bet the Steelers when they're the over. Never. You always bet the Steelers when they're the under because they might not win that game, but they'll cover the points. So we're going to go ahead on and move on to Bills-Panthers in Carolina. You know what? Last week you said Bills Mafia is strong. Uh, Panthers look good, but they did play the uh, Niners. There was nobody at that game. How about that the Bills are actually leading the AFC East right now? Right now? Man, this might be their year. I'm saying go Bills. I'm going, you know what though? I'm going to go opposite on you on there. I'm going Panthers. Browns-Ravens, again, AFC North matchup. The best thing that could happen for us as Steelers fans is that stadium implodes. No, a tie would actually screw up the tiebreaker system. <laughs> no, no, tie, seriously, ties. Okay, tie. that's the second best thing. The first best thing is the stadium implodes. You don't implodes. want the stadium to implode because then we'd have like three weeks of coverage about like, oh, the Browns, oh, the Ravens. Like, you know, don't you miss them? And I'd be like, not really. You know what? I'm going to go out on a bold prediction here and say it's the Browns. Brownies? Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens. 
Black Eye will get back. Dolphins Chargers in L.A. Ooh, scary. I know. Dolphins we haven't seen. They got postponed because of a hurricane. Um, you know what? It's football. Why do they have to cancel that game? Play in the fucking you conditions. Play, no, you got to think about public safety. You know, the Steelers played in a hurricane. Ben's first that game. That wasn't a real hurricane, Steve. Okay, so that was like storm. a tropical storm, and that was like a glancing blow. I mean, <laughs> you, you got you got to have. You can't even have the police going out on nine one one calls during this storm. Like, you're not gonna have somebody standing in the middle of like General Robinson Street waving traffic through. You know, and that's and that's what you, that's what an NFL game. You can't just undersell it and say like, you know. It's not a big deal. Like we're just gonna play a football game, and like nobody has to worry about us over here because like it is a big thing. All right, but anyway, like you asked me <laughs> if I like the Los Angeles Chargers over to win at home over the Miami Dolphins, who I haven't seen play a game yet. Correct. I'm kind of stuck on that one. So, Chargers almost came back and beat Denver. Did they? Well, I they have did. a good uh, on that second Monday night game. I, I, I'm picking the Dolphins. I'm going Chargers. I feel, I feel like there there's so much like just Charger drama. They're they're another team that's really failing right now. All right, we got Skins and Rams. Skins and Rams. Is that in St. Louis? Oh, no, that's in L.A. <laughs> that's now. in L.A. Shoot, that's another. Long well, they trip. play in both different stadiums. You do know that, right? Uh, uh, the uh, Rams play in. L.A. Coliseum. Right. And then you have the uh, Chargers play in a soccer stadium. Yeah, which is awesome because like, it's only it only seats like 35,000, which is a much more realistic number in terms of people who want to see Chargers games. Correct. Now, Skins, Rams, in L.A., the Rams did annihilate the Colts, but the Colts were annihilated before that game even started with their injuries and so forth. Uh, I'm going to go ahead on this one, and I'm going to go Skins. I think the Rams just played a really beat-up, bad Colts team. See, I think the Skins are dysfunctional, and I think I'm going to take L.A. We're going a lot of opposites this week. We need to. we got to stay competitive. Packers-Falcons in Atlanta. Atlanta's home opener of their new stadium, I believe. Packers. I'm going Falcons. Nothing against Aaron Rodgers, that big bad man, but still. Nothing against Aaron Rodgers. Nothing against Martellus Bennett. My tight end. Cards and uh, cards and Colts. Arizona Oof. Cardinals. Colts in Indianapolis. Uh, fly Cardinals, man. Like the Colts. We're, uh, I'm going Cards too. Yeah. Too much going wrong over there right now. Pats and Saints in uh, New Orleans. Uh, the Saints are a uh, six and a half point dog at home. You know, It'll be closer than that, but give me New England. You're going New England? Yeah. Now i got to rethink of who I'm going to start in fantasy because I have Drew Brees as my quarterback. I have, I have Brady. and um, You know what? As much as it pains me, I'm taking the pass, too. If, if they don't win this week, then it's going to be like freak-out meltdown mode up there. All right, how about the Bears and the Bucks in Tampa? Tampa's seven-point fave. Yeah, I'm taking the fave, man. I'm taking them. Bears uh, are another bad team. Bears are another bad team. We're both going on. We've been Steelers got the Bears coming up though, so it's in. Oh, they're going to Chicago. They play in Soldier Field this year. I don't. I, I'm not even sure I'm going to watch that game because I don't like. I've seen the Steelers play down. To I've the seen the. Teams. We've. Seen I don't know if I can bear watching them play. Pardon the pun, but I don't think I can handle watching the Steelers play that down. Right. You know what I mean? Like they might as well play Shaler High School. <laughs> 
What, not your alma mater? No, my, my alma mater wins. I mean, they lose to the Steelers, but... <laughs> Titans and Jags. Titans and yeah. Jags. I, I, I know guess it. the Jags are good this year. I Jags mean, look good. They got Tom Coughlin back under the roof, so I might have to start liking them again. I like pissed off old Irish dudes because that's my future. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you going with that, Jags? I'm going Jags. Yeah, I changed my, my pick just there. No worries. <laughs> Jets and the Raiders. Um, we're both. Jets? Are they still in the league? Yeah. I thought that was just like a promotional tie-in with one of the airlines that sponsors... <laughs> I didn't realize that was a real team still. So we're going Raiders on yeah, that? Raiders, yeah, Raiders. I'm, I'm going Raiders, too. <laughs> so the second half, these so far we've picked the same in the last five picks. Well, it's just crap matchups, man. Do better, NFL. All right. The, the boys with the star in their helmet Ugh. in Denver at the Broncos. You know what? I'm going boys. I'm going Cowboys on that. It sucks, but I'm going Cowboys. I'm picking Denver because that's where my grandma's from. <laughs> you sound like my mom picking a game now. It's like, hmm, well, let's see. The Bills play the Broncos. I think a Bronco is much faster than a Bill, but a Bill could be bigger. What's a Bill? A Bill is like a bison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got bison. So, I mean. Well, a bison would, like, run in a straight line. But then we'd have to stop. But the Bronco could, like, jump over stuff. It's true. <laughs> you see, that's how my mom breaks it down. Or she likes to kill her. Or something. Well, okay. Well, if you want to pick uniforms, I'm picking orange <laughs> over that stupid blue star. There we go. Uh, 49ers in Seattle at the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks, man. 49ers are bad. There are a lot of bad teams right now. I'm still waiting for the league to sort itself out, but I, I feel like we've got a pretty strong idea of who the good teams are already. And Monday Night Football in where, with, what's, it's in Newark. Is it Newark or, or oh, it's the, East Rutherford? Man. East Rutherford, the swamps of North Jersey. It is the swamps of North Jersey. Even though they're the New York Giants, they play in North Jersey. So you got the Detroit Lions going into play the Giants. I like uh, Detroit, man. Detroit, yeah. I mean, they they looked good. They, they might be good. my NFC team to watch this year. It's, you know what? I I can't complain on that. I, I have a couple of Giants on my fantasy team, but as long as they get points, that's all I really worry about. Um, you're going Detroit? I'm going Detroit. You know, I think the Giants recover. Odell Beckham comes back. I'm going Giants. I also don't like that Eli Manning's stats are as good as they are. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. So that's going to be our bold predictions this week, folks. Um, again, we'll start off next week with who had the better picks. And uh, our totals for the year, we'll keep those up with you. If you folks see anything, hear anything, want us to talk about anything sports-related, especially Pittsburgh, please give us a hit uh, on boldpittsburgh.com, hashtag boldsports. You can get uh, Matt at Twitter, me on Twitter as well. I'm uh, at Steve Fernald, Matt's at MMTasty on Twitter. We did have one uh, fan listen to us and uh, hit us up on the Facebook. Oh, no. Yeah, he said that we should... Facebook trolls are the worst. Yeah, but he's not a bad troll. Okay, he's a good. funny troll. He's a good troll. Um, he said that we we definitely need to show Bobby Moe a little more love. More Bobby Moe love? I'll start... A little more love than just basketball. Oh, more than just basketball? Because he, he mentioned that their men's and women's hockey team is is definitely good. And and college I, hockey is cool. College hockey is very good. And yeah, I, we I got told a, him a I building just, scene around here with, with some Bob Moe, and we got Penn State. You know, Mercyhurst has been a strong program. 
you know, we're we're not that far from like you know some of those upstate New York schools that play. Like it's you know it's a good time. Steve and I went to the Frozen. We Fort did. We did go to the Frozen Fort. It was pretty awesome. It was what Quinnipiac and North Dakota and Yale, Yale, and yeah. um, I forget the other one right now. What was it? It was Lowell. You said Lowell. North Dakota, Quinnipiac, no, no, North Yale. Dakota, it was it was Lowell, the Q, Yale. And I can't remember the fourth one right now. St. Cloud. St. Cloud Saint State. St. Cloud, yeah. St. Cloud State. Uh, Which is not the coach where Hayden Fox was the football coach. It was a different school. <laughs> that was Minnesota State. Minnesota State. That was Minnesota Go State. Screaming Eagles. Go Screaming Eagles. Ah! <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and uh, thanks, Doug, uh, for telling us about that. And also, apparently, his former high school beat your former high school week one. Oh, was that eerie? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, congratulations. So <laughs> um, week one of the football season sneaks up on a lot of us. And, uh, they, they call it week zero in high school because it's, like, not a real week, I guess. I don't know. I didn't make the rules. Anyways, that's all for us, folks. We'll, we'll, we'll have to look into some Bobby Mo hockey. Definitely. Um, and Bobby Mo football in all the district local teams. Right. You uh, know what? You want a Grove City shout-out? Just hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Go Slippery Rock. Slimy Pebble. <laughs> Alright, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Listen to us next week. Uh, we'll recover. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover what happened this week in the Steelers game. Also, all our bold predictions. And obviously, we're going to hate on some the nutting some more. Uh, keep everything going. Root for your favorite team and always keep it black and gold. And bold. Hey, Ians, thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag Bold Sports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook or boldpgh.com.